buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. In the world of sales, you either sink, swim, or break through to the next level. My name's Colin Mitchell, and this is Sales Transformation, a new kind of sales show designed to bring you through the epic, life-changing moments of elite sellers so you can experience your own sales transformation. All right, welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. Today, I've got Bryce Ulrey with me. Bryce is uh, one of the managing partners over at uh, Apicola, an IT trusted advisory firm in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, Bryce has been assisting clients with IT solutions for the past nine years and comes to this firm helping them lead sales team and uh, at his previous organizations. Um, so Bryce, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Yeah, welcome. Cool. Uh, that, just to, that was a just bit for a, all the listeners. Yeah. It's uh, Opcala. <laughs> yeah, that was. I, I stumbled <laughs> on that one a little bit, man. That was a bit of a mouthful okay. there. Uh, for I'm sorry. the, uh, I was struggling enough with your last name, and then you threw in a company <laughs> name that's a little challenging. Um, exactly. We'll drop the link in the show notes for everybody that wants to check it out here at the end of the show. It's all good. But Bryce, take us back. Where did your sales journey start? Uh, my sales journey. Let's see. Uh, I started out of college at Enterprise uh, Rent-A-Car. So yeah. I was running, uh, starting their management trainee program yeah. and um, ended up, you know, running some of the branches as an assistant manager and then a branch manager. A mm-hmm. um, little bit of like B to C sales there, right? Mm-hmm. So selling like their insurance products and selling people on upgrades and selling people on, you know, why rent here versus the enterprise down the street. Right. Yeah. But, um, then I got an opportunity to get into B2B sales, uh, in their fleet division. So I was an account executive for enterprise enterprise, uh, fleet. What we did was, um, we would offer vehicle leasing programs to large companies. So one of the I moved out to San Francisco when I took that position, and um, it was cool because companies like Google, Facebook, I got to work on, and they were renting cars uh, from us for their uh, driverless car uh, program. So they were testing out driverless cars in our cars. Yeah, it was cool. So I did that for a while, and um, I'm, I'm an East Coast guy. I was born in Virginia had a lot of friends on the East coast and the West coast was cool, but just wanted to get closer to friends and family. So I moved to Charlotte and I started an IT sales at a company called service express. So I was an account executive there. Um, they had just opened the Charlotte market. Um, you know, maybe about a year, maybe a year and a half, didn't have a ton of success. So I started there. I think we had like six or seven clients and just grew it. Um, referred a bunch of my friends and said, Hey, you know, this IT sales and data centers, and you know, this is, 
there's a lot of money to be made here. So uh, referred a lot of people, grew up in that company, took over as a sales manager. So I got, you know, first time like leading a sales team mm -hmm. was there. And then from there, um, got promoted to director of sales. So I was basically running pretty much the East Coast, like New York down to Georgia. Um, had managers and, and, and salespeople underneath me. But um, from there, you know, we, you know, me and a, a colleague of mine just decided that, you know, maybe we could do something else. You know, maybe we could start a company. So that's where we landed today. But that's kind of my sales sales journey. Mm, okay, interesting. Um, I've always heard that Enterprise has a great sales training program. Tell me a little bit about yeah. the program that they have there. You know, it was great for me because, um, you know, out of school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Yeah. Right? My dad was in sales, uh, been in sales 20, 30 years, and I thought I wanted to do that. You know, I thought I wanted to get into business, but I didn't really know where to start. Right. And, you know, the thing about enterprises, it's a lot of people that are your peers. It's younger mm -hmm. people. Everybody's kind of coming up together. And it was just a great experience, right? So learned a lot about business, learned a lot about running a branch. I mean, these enterprise branches, they do hundreds of thousands of dollars in rentals a month. And you're 25 years old, like looking at a P&L, trying to figure out, you know, okay, we're renting cars for this. Maybe we need to raise our rates. Maybe we need to do this, do that. I mean, you're running a branch at, you know, for me, I was, what, 25, 26 years old running a multi-million dollar location in Washington, D.C. So it's great. I mean, they give you the tools to make a career. And a lot of people leave Enterprise and they have very successful careers because I think that at a young age, they get a lot of autonomy, right? And a lot of business training that, you know, you don't necessarily get. So, um, and, and sales stuff too. I mean, you're selling, uh, it's more B2C, right? Mm -hmm. um, but there's a B2B element too that, uh, but it was great. It was a great experience. It was a lot of hard work. Like it's not, you know, it's not easy wearing a suit and tie and washing a car in 90 degree weather <laughs> in yeah. Washington, D.C., sweating your ass off. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, know, it kind of humbles you a little bit, I'd say. Too. Yeah. Like it's it's good. I always think about, you know, I mean, my limited experience with enterprise, right, is, you know, you're coming out of the airport, you know. Maybe you haven't booked your car and you've got 26 options of where you're going to get your car, right? Yeah. Like, like, you know, so, how, you know, and, and the tip, a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people just go with what they're comfortable, what they're used to. That might be the case, right? But then there's yeah. always the, the guy or gal that just likes a deal, you know, and they're like, one desk, then the next desk, the next desk, right? I'm sure you, you've seen those people, right? How do you deal with people that are just really, you know, price, um, very price conscious? Uh, I did work at the airport. I worked, uh, so I started at, in Virginia Beach, Virginia at Enterprise, and I worked at the Norfolk Airport, Norfolk, Virginia Airport. Yeah. And yeah, there were eight kiosks. You could rent a car from eight different places. And they'd come to the desk and be like, hey, you know, the rate down there is $19.99. And yeah, well, ours is $29.99. Like there's really, it is what it is, right? I mean, there's really, I mean, we had a little autonomy to like make a deal. But at the airports, man, it's all about just 
get people in cars. Like we don't have time to wheel and deal that much. That's more mm. for the branches. Our mm. rates are set. Like this is where we're at. And honestly, Colin, like nine times out of 10, our rates were within a buck or two of, yeah. you know, our competition. Cause so, yeah. anybody can go to like rentalcars.com and type, you know, Norfolk airport and see what everybody's prices are. Yeah. They were all about the same depending on, you know, demand and yeah. how much home city, how busy the home city branches were. But did they have any like uh, training around like upselling or cross selling? Yeah. Upselling people, you know, they, a lot of people, like you said, they want the cheapest car. So they get there and you've got this like little Ford focus and you're like, well, here's your car. And they kind of, you know, they kind of get this look like, oh, wait, that's my car. I'm a six, yeah. four guy. You know, I'm like, well, I've got, I got this SUV over here. It's got a lot more room. It's only $15 more a day. It only costs you 50 more bucks. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. Like, um, so a lot of that, I mean, you know, a lot of people wanting to, you know, there's, there was always a car in the lot that was like the nicest car, right? Like a Mercedes or something like that. Yeah. And people would come in and be like, how much, you know, how much for the Mercedes? It'd be like, well, you're $20 a day right now. That car is $80 a day. Right. And they'd be like, oh no, I can't do that. And then, yeah. They want know. the $80 car for the $20 price. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. But we would always set, you know, we would always kind of set up a nice car kind of right next to the branch everybody had to walk by it right and oh, like yeah. whoever rented it for you know 75 80 bucks a day kind of got a you know a nice cheer and then we'd go find the other nice car and kind of park it you know a tahoe or something right there by the front so they could see it and walk past and be like i've got this tahoe here if you're interested right so there i mean b2c sales right it's not nothing very strategic just smile and you know yeah. Work a little bit of personality. I mean, mainly just, yeah, learning how to deal with people, right? Which is a, which is yeah. a skill, right? So I'm curious, um, you know, after, you know, doing that for some time and then kind of moving into more of a B2B, um, yeah. you know, through the, the leasing for like companies, like you mentioned for Google and stuff like that. How was that transition of going from like a maybe high volume, more transactional uh, type yeah. of relationships with the, in the B2C um, to more of a B2B sort of sales, uh, you know, experience? It was tough mm. and it was eye opening because in B, I think in B2C sales, especially in a retail environment, you get used to um, using your personality to just kind of make money and just, you know, like, yeah. like you said, you learn how to talk to people, you learn what works, you, you, you get in a groove throughout the day and you're just, you know, again, quick transactions and well, that didn't work, but, you know, I'll try it again next time. In B two B, I'm you know I went from somebody walking into the office being like, "Hey, you're in a Corolla. Let's talk about how we get you into this Tahoe," versus now I'm calling a CFO, being like, "Hey, I'm 27 and I want to talk to you about you know leasing instead of buying all those trucks you have at, for the uh, for the construction company you have. Let's talk about leasing 50 trucks and how that's going to work and the TCO analysis and all this." And it was tough, right? Like you got to instead of being, you know, nice, funny and happy go lucky person, you gotta, you gotta kind of be serious and sell. And why the heck I'm a CFO of a, you know, multi-million dollar company. Why am I going to spend 30 minutes to meet with you? Mm. So a lot of like, um, a lot of phone prospecting training, right? How do you talk on the phone? How do you, how do you use what you say in your tone and, um, you got to get good at like 
you know, you've got like, what, what do they say? 15, 20 seconds, maybe to get somebody's attention on the phone. Like, how do you, how do you use your, the way you, you're talking and, you know, your tone and have them meet with you. Right. So yeah. it was a lot, it was a lot, uh, a lot of growing pains in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole, you know, framework around what you, not necessarily what you say, but how you say it. Right. You know, yeah. they say, you know, how you say it is even more important than what you say um, in, in, in that there. But it, so how, you, you know, you mentioned that that, you know, transition was, was, was somewhat difficult. Um, was there a time where you feel like you kind of overcame some of those challenges and, you know, what did it take to, you know, start to yeah. be successful in that role? A lot of what I did is I looked at the, the people in my office that had been doing it a long time and I just knocked on their door and I know they didn't really want to talk to me, but I just said, Hey, like, what do you say? Like, Hey, I'm saying this, like, what do you think? Or, mm. um, you know, do you have a script? You, let, let me, let me here. I'm going to, I'm going to be the CFO on the other line. Let's role play for a second. Right. And yeah. like not worrying about, um, man, this veteran guy, he's making a bunch of money. Like he's doesn't have time for me. Like I, I, I found that a lot of the veteran reps, like they like, you know, helping out the new person. They like, you know, spending time and, and training you. So a lot, a lot of training, a lot of, you know, spitballing, right. And saying, Hey, how's this working? How's that working? Got a lot of advice. And I took a lot of advice, right. You know, a lot of people ask for advice and they, you know, okay, well that might work or whatever. I mean, I took a lot of it, right? I mean, these guys, fleet sales was very lucrative for, I know some people that are still doing it, right? Like 10, 15 years later. And um, to answer your question, you know, just leaning on my peers, I think it's tough when you're new and there's a lot, probably a lot of people listening to your podcast that are new, but going to those people that are having success and taking their advice, I think, and, and, you know, working with them and, and honing your skill set, I think, helped me out a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's tough to to ask for help, right? Especially if you maybe come from a, another company or another, you know, division or another role where you were, you know, successful to then starting all over, you know, learning, uh, you know, new product, new service, you know, going from B to C, B to B, lots of changes. Like you're basically yeah. starting back. Yeah, you may have learned a thing or two, but you're kind of starting back from scratch, right? And I think, um, you know, a lot of people have a hard time asking for help, but like you said, uh, it, you'll be surprised. A lot of people want to help you. People actually, yeah. um, you know, enjoy helping others, right? And so if you need help with something, you got to sort of take ownership to be able to be successful in your role, right? You can't just, yeah. you know, rely on whatever the bare minimum training is. Um, but, you know, asking your yeah. peers, going out there, training, role playing, you know, testing new scripts. Um, I love all of those things. All right. So yeah. then uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think from there you said then you you moved, uh, yeah. you moved back, you know, um, and, and started with an IT company. Uh, sort of, you know, in a new territory where they only had like, you know, six clients and, and built that to what, uh, while you were there? Oh man. Um, you know, maybe I had six or nine clients, um, me and, uh, me and the sales manager started at the same time. Mm. So we were both new, right? So we were starting off, um, still one of my mentors today, his name's Barry Gilliand. 
So we started together and um, really just built Charlotte up, right? He was looking for good salespeople. I was able to connect him. I had a decent network in Charlotte. I had a friend that moved down um, that, you know, I was like, man, this guy would be perfect for sales. So I'm kind of trying to hook him up with people that he trusted me because he, you know, I kind of got off to a hot start, right? um, Built it from probably six clients. I think, you know, when I left the company, we were well over 200 plus um, just out of that office, I'd say, um, out of the Charlotte office. So, Mm -hmm. and and a lot of that, you know, the company enabled a lot of that too. They took some investment, uh, took some PE money, and it was a good, you know, a lot lot of times I know that people have, as salespeople, private equity comes in and it's, it's kind of tough, right? It's like, Hey, they're changing everything. They're changing my comp plan. They're, you yeah. know, they're paying us less. It was actually the opposite, right? Like PE came in, invested in the company. It was enabling people to make even more money, right? It's like, Hey, we're going to rocket ship this thing. And we grew from, I think when I started, we were 30 million. When I left, we were probably 130 million, right. In like, you know, five years. Right. So it was a good experience, but yeah, we grew quite a bit. It was, it was good. Wow. Sounds like it was a yeah. bit of a wild ride, huh? It was, uh, it was wild. I, I credit the leadership definitely at the company because we grew like that, but because they took the private equity money, we, you know, I mean, it, you grow like that. Every company has growing pains, right? You grow course, yeah. four, four X over five years. Like there's growing pains, but I think the company did a good job with the growth. They overhired, you know, they made sure that support was there. Customer service was number one. And that was cool because when I was at enterprise, the customer was king, right? Like they have Mm. something called an ESQI score, customer service score. And if you don't have good customer service scores, like you can't get promoted. It doesn't matter if you're making the company millions and millions and millions of dollars. If you don't qualify with your customer service rating, you're stuck, right? You can't advance with the company. So that kind of customer service culture going from enterprise to service express, um, they embodied it as well. So it, it resonated with me and it was easy for me to sell, right? Cause I knew I had a lot of support on the back end, and I knew that they were going to support the customer. So, um, it was a good ride. I mean, like, yeah, we grew like crazy, a lot of growing pains, but it was, uh, it was a great sales organization for sure. Yeah. And then I think you mentioned you kind of got promoted, what, twice, twice over yeah. there. Um, yep. yeah. Tell me a little bit about, you know, your first role, um, yeah. you know, as a leader leading a team. Yeah. So going from like a, a good producing, you know, salesperson to a manager is, uh, it's hard for a lot of people. Right. That's, and a, that's an understatement. It's an understatement. <laughs> right. Like everyone thinks like, Oh, top sales guy or top salesperson, right. Yeah. Just let's make them a manager. They'll, they'll show everyone else how to do it. And yeah. it doesn't work that way. Right. So it was tough. I mean, I think one of the toughest parts for me, was um, going, like I was with my peers, right? Like I was on the team as an account executive. The next day, hey, by the way, like I'm now the sales manager, right? Like I get promoted Mm. and now I'm leading my like colleagues, right? Yeah. And, you know, like going back to the enterprise experience, that happens so often, right? Like you're an MT, Next day, you're an assistant manager. Next day, you're running a branch. Like, you're always just kind of working with the same people. Yeah. So I've been through that before, right? Like, been through, hey, we were working together, and now I'm, I'm, a, I'm a leader, right, in this branch. And some of that experience kind of helped me 
on the Service Express side, um, you know, really, I, I, I got some really good advice. Um, you know, everyone doesn't have to like you and want to hang out with you and have drinks with you, but they have to respect you, right? And and each person you gain that respect differently. And honestly, my first job um, when I became manager, it wasn't like, okay, we're going to do things my way. We're going to like, we're going to, here's how I did it. And you need to do it this way. Mm. I just really did kind of a, a world tour. We our, our, our region was Virginia, um, Virginia, North Carolina. We had an office in Charlotte, Raleigh, and Richmond. I just did a world tour. I flew up to Richmond, met with those guys, sat down, had drinks, had lunch, got to know them better, kind of explained to them, I'm just here to, you know, help you guys. And I want, I want to see you be successful, right? I'm not, I'm not kind of leading with a, you know, out of fear or out of, uh, you know, I'm in charge kind of thing. It's more of, I'm here to enable you, right? Mm. And, and have success. And I think a lot of sales managers that come in and try to lead with authority fail. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I mean, salespeople listen to your podcast, right? Like salespeople know that they're the fuel to the organization, right? You have a top salesperson. If they treat everybody with respect and they're, you know, a good, good to the company, they could call the CEO and be like, Hey, here's what's going on. You know, like they have, a lot of authority being, I mean, they're bringing in the money, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So having that kind of servant leadership mentality, I think, especially as a sales manager, right? Like I'm here to serve the sales team, that tone and that, um, the way you do that as a, as servant leadership style, I've read a lot of books on servant leadership, like that works really well with sales teams. And that's what I did when I, when I transitioned. So, yeah, I mean, that's such an important piece, right? Because it's the exact opposite that happens. What you what you mentioned, you know, um, that you didn't do right. It's so common: top producer, top performer, top salesperson, promoted to manager, leader, you know, yeah. whatever the case is. And they think, hey, this is how I sell. Now I just need to get everybody. You know, I'm a top performer. Everybody needs to sell like me. Everybody should be motivated the same way that I am. And then they're, you know, typically you know, um, uh, causing a lot of, uh, wreckage in the process of that, um, with the team and the morale and the culture and everything. while also wanting to rip out their hair because they just don't understand like, why can't you sell like me? Um, and it just doesn't work like that. You know, people are just too dynamic and you really hit the nail on the head. There is, uh, as a leader, you know, the same way that as a seller, you serve your customers, Yeah. you serve your team, right. And really enable them. Um, and so I love that you brought that up. So tell me, you know, after, you know, uh, you know, getting sales leadership experience there, um, you know, when did you guys then to start, you know, to set up your own shop? Yeah. So, um, you know, I got to, uh, you know, not quite executive leadership. I was director of sales, uh, run the East coast. And, um, one of my, one of Opcala's, uh, co-founders, other managing partner, Aaron Bach, um, very entrepreneurial spirit, right? Like he would, he, when he was at service express, he basically ran his own business, right? Like he, his clients, he did everything for them. He had his, you know, 50, hundred clients, whatever, however many there were. Yeah. Um, and he just had this entrepreneurial itch, right? And he talked, we, we talk about it, you know, I mean, 
look, salespeople, you'd be lying if I know salespeople look at each other all the time and say, man, what if we just did this ourselves? You know, what if mm. we, I mean, people t- having a beer, right? You're talking about it. How do we do this? How do we do this? A lot of people don't, right? Because salespeople, they're making a lot of money. It's a lot of risk going from a, you know, good money, top producing rep down to zero, right? So for us, I mean, the time came, we were losing, we had a lot of talent on the team, right? And that talent was getting poached, right? Companies like Nutanix, Pure Storage, like they were coming in, Presidio, they were taking a lot of our good reps, CDW, another example. So we're losing a lot of talent, right? Mm. And you know, we, Aaron and I had, kind of, you know, we talked and we had this idea and, you know, I, I, I got to really understand the channel a lot at Service Express because we started a channel program and then we started investing more and more and I'd meet with these other companies and they're like, well, we sell through the channel. And I started to really understand, like, what's the channel? Like, how do these people sell our services and what are the margins? And let me do some math here and how would that work? Right. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of our top reps, uh, he, and I remember it to this day, he had his cardboard box, right. Filled with his stuff. He was one of the top producing reps. He walked out the door, said bye to us. We wished him well. Right. He walked out the door. It was just me and Aaron in the office. (laughs) And I went in his office and I just said, man, like, let's just whiteboard this. Like, let's, let's get on the whiteboard and like, let's, let's walk, let's run through some math. Cause I, I had been up all night kind of, you know, how would this business work? And I'm, you know, just doing some quick math and some numbers. And we got on the whiteboard and I just said, look at this. Like, do you think we could do this? Right. I'm starting to write out numbers. Mm -hmm. Like, what if we did this every three years? Right. Like we've both done well here. We've got, you know, some money saved up. Like we can invest in this business. We could, we could roll this out. And our ultimate goal, like, what if we made a two, $3 million a year business in like five, six, seven years, right? Like, that would be great. We hire a couple admin people and we just run this little small business. And like, we, we try this out and he was skeptical, man. Cause like, again, we're, we're doing well. We are at a good company. We're making good money, right? Like it's, you know, a lot of, you know, we're like, what are we thinking? Like, why, why would we go? Why would we go do this? Yeah. And I, th- I think what sold him is I said, you know, because again, we had got we had companies beating down our door to hire. Service Express had a good reputation in the market, right? Like entry level IT sales job, you learn a ton about data centers and infrastructure and how how the IT works, how the channel works, and then you know you're here for a lot of honestly, a lot of people were there three, four, five years, and then they upgraded to like a Presidio, CDW, something like that. So I told him, I said, Aaron, you know, like worst case scenario, right? Worst case scenario, what happens? We try this out for a year. We make no money, like yeah. we bomb, right? It does not work. We can't run a business. You'll go get another sales job at CDW. I'll figure out what I'm gonna do. We'll just go get another sales job because I don't think anybody's gonna fault us, right, for having a kind of a year gap on our resume trying to go do it ourselves. Like I, I, would, I didn't think it was gonna be a resume um, burn, right? I didn't think like people would be like, oh, you haven't worked in a year? It's like, no, 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 we, we were starting to, company it actually didn't work out but that's why i'm here but that was kind of that was the tipping point that he said you know what you're right like i don't really have much to lose right like let's let's try this out yeah i mean sometimes you just got to be willing to bet on yourself right and take that take that risk um i love you know i process things in a very similar way where um you know 
sometimes making business decisions. And then, you know, there's a whole learning curve of entrepreneur journey, oh. right? Which we, oh my that's God. a whole nother episode, right? Whole um, nother episode. Um, what not to do when yeah. you're starting a business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's maybe a, not a whole episode. That's a whole podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, for sure. Um, and so, you know, you got to bet on yourself and, and I love how you process that. Cause I'm very similar. It's just like, Hey, what's the worst? You know, I always play that out. Like, you know, something that's like, eh, you know, is it a little risky? Do I want to do this? Try something new, whatever it is, uh, yeah. you know, in a business context. Um, I'm always like, all right, what's the what's the worst possible scenario? Like, what's the worst that could happen? And then if I, you know, kind of think about that for a second, and I'm like, eh, if that happened, I'd be okay with that. That's fine, yeah. right? Nobody's gonna die, you know. It's not gonna, you know, uh, you know, ter- totally maybe turn my world upside down. Like, what's the worst case scenario? And if I can live with that, then you got to just move forward and you know get into action yeah. and take that risk. Yeah, and like, I, I know there's probably a lot of people on your podcast that are are, you know, top performers. Right. And let's, let's like, they're making good money. Right. And they've got money in savings. A lot of them invest, you know, I know a lot of people, salespeople that do well, that invest in real estate, they invest in the stock market. They invest in all these different things to grow that. Hey, I got a big commission check. What do I do with this money? Right. Like I'm, my salary is kind of paying the bills. Like what do I do with this money? And when you, when you really think about it, right? Like you're investing in Microsoft and Apple and, and you know, a, a real estate property, whatever it is, rental property, right? Like think if you invested in yourself, right? Think if you took that money, that pot of money and said, I'm gonna start a business. Worst case scenario, right, is you lose the money, just like you might lose it in a speculative stock or like a, you know, a, hey, my buddy, you know, thinks the stock's going to go through the moon or whatever, right? Like, think if you think about it, like, yeah. I'm going to invest in myself. You, you, you put it in terms of, like, I'm going to invest this money in myself and see if I can do it. You really start to think, like, yeah, I mean, would I invest in myself? Absolutely. I know I'm a, you know, I'm a top-performing person. I'm a top-performing rep. And like you said, like, I've interviewed people while I was at Service Express, while I was at Upcala, um, that started their own business and it didn't work out. I mm. never like on the resume, like I don't fault people for that. Right. Like I don't, I don't look at that like, Oh, well, you know, they, they must not, you know, be that good because they started a business and it didn't work. Yeah, man. Like you said, we could, we could do a whole podcast series on starting <laughs> a business and what happens and all the stuff you don't think about. Right. But, um, I think people having the guts to go do it, I think it's actually a positive, right? Like, hey, they started a business that didn't work out, but at least they had the guts to do it. They believe in themselves, right? Like, they believe that they can do it. So I view it as a positive. But yeah, it's it's a leap of faith. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that the the thing there, the key takeaway there, right, is that I would say anything anybody who's maybe wanting to, you know, go down the entrepreneur road, side hustle, whatever, yeah. sales is the number one skill you need. Is For all sure. the other stuff hard, difficult, challenging, probably things you don't enjoy doing? Yeah, it is. But you figure most of that stuff out. Will you make some mistakes along the way? Absolutely. Um, you'll start to figure out what you're good at, what you're not good at, what you absolutely don't want to do and somebody else should be doing. Uh, yeah. You'll figure all those things out. But you know, if you can sell and sales is your background, then you'll be fine. 
Yeah. This isn't my quote. I think I heard it on Shark Tank, but sales cures all business woes, right? Oh, like, 100%. 100%. Like, yeah. If, okay, let's say you're the best salesperson ever and you start a business and you can't do accounting. Well, guess what? If you sell enough, you can pay somebody to exactly. do all your books, right? And, and, and if it's you even, sell enough. Yeah, yeah, and it's even easier these days, right? To find oh. talent anywhere and, uh, you know, affordable and, and, uh, and, you know, we like to say over here at SalesCast, we got two departments. We got sales and we got sales support. You know, people yep. got to bring business in. People got to keep them here, you know. Um, well, Bryce, this has been yep. awesome, man. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, yeah, man. Really enjoyed learning more about your story. Definitely some good learning lessons there. Any final thoughts and where's the best place for people to get into your world? Uh, best place to get into our world, opcala.com. You can check us out. Um, we've, we've got a, a bunch of services. We're heavy in the cloud data center. We have a great security practice. Uh, we can help with connectivity, voice, UC, CC, contact center. Um, and we also help with some managed services as well. So check us out. We're vendor agnostic. Um, we help you with the evaluation process, narrow it down to providers that, that meet your needs so you don't have to. Um, check us out on LinkedIn. Give us a follow. We're constantly putting out content, articles. Um, we're we're, we're try part of our business, part of our marketing is really turned into an educational platform, right? So if you're listening to this podcast, you're NIT, you're NIT sales. Um, we're putting out a lot of content to really mm. help you make better decisions. So opcala.com and then um, check us out on LinkedIn, opcala company page. With the proper pronunciation and everything. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll drop the links there in the show notes for everybody. If you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. It really does help us out. Make sure you share the show with your friends. And then also we're listening for your feedback. You can go to salestransformation.fm, drop a voice DM, and I will get back to you. Hey, you stuck around. That tells me you're serious about your own sales transformation. If you're tired of doing things the old way and want to get started in your journey with other people on the same path, head over to salescast.community and crush your numbers on your leaderboard. Yeah, it's free, salescast.community. Send me a DM with your best pitch and mention this ad, and I might even give you free access to our best templates.